Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief here at Modern Retail, and this week we have Brian Lockard. He's the co-founder of Bala Footwear, which makes shoes for medical professionals and just sort of workwear for people who wear shoes for a long time. There's a growing, I guess you could say, sub-industry of in the apparel, which is going specifically towards workers, um, and I could name a few examples. I'm sure Brian's aware of all the examples. And I just want to sort of talk about that growth in that space in sort of these niche, occupationally focused apparel brands. But we have a lot more to talk about, too, because it's a relatively new company. We'll, I'm sure we'll hit on all of it. But Brian, how are you doing? Thanks so much for joining me. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Cal. First, uh, tell me about yourself. Um, I, I was doing some research, so I know a little bit about your background, and you come from some pretty well-known companies. But uh, for, for the listeners who don't know, who are you? How did you get into you know medical footwear? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So uh, again, my name is Brian Lockard. I'm the co-founder of Bala Footwear. Uh, we were launched in 2020, uh, just before the pandemic. But if you want a little bit, uh, know a little bit more about my background, uh, my career um, has gone into a number of different fields. And what's really interesting is for a long time, I kind of felt like I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my career. And what I later learned was that I was building up all these skills that were preparing me for to be an entrepreneur, where you need to do a little bit of everything. So I graduated from Ithaca College back in 2006 with a degree in journalism, and I went into I was I wanted to go into journalism because um, very I wa- nice, yeah. And I actually spent a summer in uh, radio production, which we maybe we can talk about another time. And so anyway, um, I wanted to <laughs> you know explore the world, learn about something new every day, and then um, you know share it with an audience to in some way make their life a little bit better. Uh, The challenge with that field was that media were really struggling then. And I found myself interviewing for entry-level general assignment um, roles against people with 10 years experience who had just gotten laid off from somewhere. And so the job market was not hot. And so I started looking for um, areas where I might be able to apply those skills everywhere. And in the 15 years since then, I've spent time in digital marketing uh, with an agency in Washington, D.C., um, in banking at J.P. Morgan Chase. And then I moved into footwear apparel, footwear and apparel at Nike, uh, where you know I learned the footwear and apparel business. And then that's where I met my business partner, John Everly, actually on my second day at Nike in the rock climbing gym. He was climbing alone. I thought you might want a partner for that. And uh, we became great friends and ultimately started working together. And in 2019, at the University of Oregon Business School, there was an idea to look into healthcare footwear. Um, and I, I thought it sounded interesting. And um, it resonated because um, I come from a family of healthcare professionals. Both my parents are physical therapists, now retired, and my sister's a young physical therapist in San Diego. And, you know, what I always really admired about them was the sense of service um, that was so prolific in their careers and really drove them. And I thought this would be an opportunity to, you know, carry out that sense of service that was so important in my family uh, through business. And so we started interviewing uh, countless healthcare professionals around the country. You know, the, the thing that was really interesting was that um, you know, we had all the experience in footwear, but neither John nor myself are healthcare professionals. We don't know what it is like to work a 12-hour shift in a hospital. We don't know what it's like to be bedside all day. And so, you know, at Nike, one of the um, phrases that was so important that we always uh, used was always listen to the voice of the athlete. And we decided we would build a company where we always listen to the voice of the healthcare professional. And we set a goal in 2019 to interview as many healthcare professionals as we could. 
And, you know, in some, we interviewed just over 500 uh, before we even started the company. But what was so interesting was the passion and the responses we got. So the very first interview I did was with a good friend of mine named uh, Amy Paul, who's a nurse at Oregon Health Science University here in Portland. And I called her up and I said, hey, like, we're thinking about doing shoes um, for nurses. Is that something you might be interested in? Like, could we, could we grab a drink and talk about shoes? And she goes, are you kidding me? I've been a nurse for 10 years. I go through at least two different kinds of shoes every year. I've never found one that I can stand all day comfortably in. And I'm in my early 30s, and I feel like an aging professional athlete that is still relatively young but struggles every day. And we said, you know, it's on. And then the, the last insight that we gathered was – you know, with nurses in particular, we kept hearing uh, about this uh, survey by Pew Research where they, you know, rate the most trusted professions in the country. And what we kept hearing that, you know, nurses had been rated the most trusted profession around the country for the last 20 years. But we kept hearing stories about people wanting to be shown they're respected. And if you think about it, there's a meaningful difference between being told that you are trusted and being shown that you're respected. So the company that we set out to build uh, would be one where we treat healthcare professionals like we treated elite athletes at Nike. And everybody who works in this company believes that healthcare professionals deserve to be treated like elite athletes. And it's enabled us to have uh, some pretty incredible success to date. Did it ever cross your mind that you would be able to do this kind of, you know, healthcare focused footwear within Nike? Or was the idea that always you would launch your own company that is different from the athletic focused Nike? Oh, the idea didn't come up until John and I uh, were both out of Nike. I left there in 2017 and John had retired earlier. And uh, we were both exploring what would be next, you know, in our careers. And uh, that's when the idea came up. So what was the actual product development like? And what what does it take to make a shoe that someone can be on for 12 hours. Yeah. And so I'll go back to, so first is what did it take to create a great shoe? And then what are the product benefits that are needed? And so the, the problem that we kept hearing was that consumer or, you know, healthcare professionals were all wearing shoes that were kind of okay for them, but there was some kind of issue. So, you know, you have about, you know, 20% of healthcare professionals wearing some type of clog, you know, which are good because you can stand for long periods, but you trip and fall and the consumer, you know, told us that they didn't think they were stylish. And you have around 70 or 80% of the remainder wearing some type of running silhouette, which you would think would be good because people associate running shoes with comfort. But in reality, running shoes are designed to propel you forward in motion and then to absorb impact, you know, when you hit the ground, whereas healthcare professionals are standing for long periods. And so what we heard from them is that they wanted shoes that would deliver on all their needs with no compromises. And if you look at the day of any healthcare professional, they're standing for very long periods, you know, bedside. And then there are moments when they have to move very quickly, like in emergencies. Um, Next up, there's, I found out a lot about how messy hospitals are, and apparently there are just bodily fluids everywhere. So the number of stories that we heard about shifts being ruined by some bodily fluid landing on your feet. So you need something that's fluid resistant. And then, you know, lastly, you know, traditionally, and this is one of the things that we'd like to change is that, you know, one way to tell somebody their shoes look ugly is by telling them their shoes look like nursing shoes. And, you know, we, we believe that, you know, healthcare professionals should have the opportunity to have, you know, uniforms that are stylish 
and, you know, give them that sense, you know, of feeling respected. And so we set out to create a product that delivered on all their needs with no compromises. And we deliver on that by recruiting some of the best design and development talent that exists anywhere. So the design partner that we have is uh, Dwayne Edwards from the Pennzoil Lewis College of Business and Design. Uh, Dwayne's very well known in footwear. Uh, he was the Jordan brand design director for 10 years before founding Pennzoil. And we have various other like incredibly talented people who've worked on it, including uh, a gentleman named Jeff Bashada, who uh, ran part of the Nike Sport and Research Lab while he was there. And one of the best parts about working in service of healthcare professionals is that there's a lot of people out there who believe that healthcare professionals should be treated like elite athletes and have great shoes. So we created a product that has an insole that's designed to distribute weight when somebody's standing for long periods so that they can stand comfortably, has a fluid-resistant upper that can uh, repel, you know, that, that is resistant to fluids. Um, and lastly, it looks great. And, uh, you know, the, the product reviews that we've gotten have been extraordinary. And I could go on all day about the amazing stories about shift saved by the fluid resistant component of it. That's so funny that you mentioned clogs and, uh, and you know, tennis shoes or running shoes. Like my mom is, is actually a nurse and she used to be a waitress. And I always I'm always interested in the the types of footwear that people choose for their respective um, jobs. And I feel like Clogs owns, or at least did for a while, like restaurant workers because they were comfortable and you could walk in them. And then my mom went from being, was a nurse in Clogs for a while and then went to running shoes. I mean, did you do any research into just sort of like those specific occupational choices or like, did like, were, were there, was there anything that you took from, from that? Or was it just sort of, this is what they choose and we're going to do something better? Um, well, so, so, the healthcare professional is the core of our business. And, you know, we look at them as the elite ultra athlete of people who stand on their feet all day. You know, whereas, you know, you design a running shoe for Elliot Kipchoge and it's good enough for, you know, my 5Ks on the weekend uh, for running. We believe that if we design a shoe that can stand up to the 12 hour shift, there's going to be a lot of people uh, who really love it. And what's been so interesting is that, um, you know, our marketing has been very healthcare focused. And we have our core consumers getting a second pair to wear for travel, lifestyle, or exercise. And we've gotten a lot of interest uh, from people who work in other fields and recognize the value. I mean, we had uh, you know one chef come by our office, actually, uh, because she, she told us that uh, she was looking for shoes for nurses because her sister's a nurse, got her a pair, and then said, oh, these look great for me, and has been wearing them you know, at work and loves them. And so you know, there are all these, you know, we, what we found is that there are a lot of people who are looking for a shoe whose value proposition is that you can stand all day and have a, and that it looks great. And they're being underserved uh, by existing companies because they're not listening exactly to their needs. And, you know, like I said, you know, several times here, you know, we believe that all of these professions deserve to be treated, you know, like elite athletes because the, these, uh, you know, service workers are the foundation of our economy. This was 2019 when you guys got the, the idea to start the company, right? Yes. So was in the back of your head, and I when I did the intro, I kind of made it sound like they who should not be named, but like in the back of my head, I was thinking of a company like Figs, which mm -hmm. also is very specifically for healthcare workers. And they had a pretty big rise and had a very specific targeted marketing and product plan. Was that, were you looking at those types of companies and thinking we could do that, but from more of a footwear rather than a scrubs perspective? Yeah. Um, you know, what Figs taught us is that healthcare professionals want to look great on the job. 
Previous to them, it was highly undifferentiated products, highly undifferentiated retail experiences, and they brought uh, Lululemon level quality of design uh, to the space. And you know, I'll tell a story about one of our early interviews to show how successful that was. There's a, a young gentleman I spoke with who was a nurse in Philadelphia. Um, who I was, in asking about his shoes, he you know he kept talking about how he would basically wear the cheapest shoes he could find because there was nothing like in market that met his needs. So cheap, cheap, cheap. And then he was gifted um, a pair of uh, fig scrubs, you know, for uh, like a holiday or something. And he liked them so much that he immediately went out and bought three more pairs so that he could three more full outfits so that he could have you know one for every shift of the week. And you know when I asked him. Um, you know, what did you like about it? He said, you know, for the first time in my career, I had a uniform that I could be proud to put on. You know, I looked like a professional. I noticed my colleagues looking at me differently. My patients looked at me differently. And uh, the problem was I didn't have a pair of high performance shoes, you know, to go with that outfit. Um, but, you know, I think I think they did an extraordinary job showing that the healthcare professional, you know, wants to look great and gets that sense of pride from having a uniform that looks great. And what was missing in the marketplace, we saw these people wearing all these beautiful scrubs from Figs or any of the other, you know, wonderful companies that have popped up over the years. And uh, then they're wearing, you know, bulky running shoes or clogs or any of the other shoes that don't meet, you know, their needs. They're still tripping and falling. They're still having shifts ruined. And uh, it's been really wonderful to see how beautifully our shoes merchandise with uh, these other brands, especially joggers, because our shoes look great with those. <laughs> so talk to me. You mentioned a little bit earlier, but what what was the initial marketing how, like, how did you go about marketing? Was it all digital? And sort of how have you been able to reach the medical community so that they they knew that these shoes existed? Yeah, we're a community-focused uh, company. Uh, what's really cool about the healthcare um, marketplace is how tight-knit uh, the community is, how focused you can be, and how if you reach people um, early adopters and they drive word of mouth, they're always around colleagues. And so, you know, we work, we've done, you know, we use the traditional playbooks of working with, you know, a range of influencers, you know, you know, doing media. But what's really worked well for us is our headline uh, community program is program called the Bali Unit. Uh, which today is a group of 60 healthcare professionals who are essentially our colleagues. Uh, they provide uh, direction to our product team on what new colors they might want in our existing shoe or what new products uh, we need, uh, we're going to come out with, you know, should serve them uh, where, you know, as we expand distribution, where we should be showing up. And then, you know, they're involved in, you know, our, you know, uh, telling us where we should be showing up from a marketing perspective. And so, you know, we, we use the traditional playbook of, you know, performance marketing, uh, you know, performance it's media and everything, everything. But the the community program is the foundation of that that shows us where we should be showing up and how and really authenticates us in the healthcare community. So how is the community program structured? Do they get discounts? How do you how do they join? Is, are, is this like a quasi influencer program or like micro influencer program? Or is it more just for your own product development purposes? Yeah, um, you know, it, it spans every component of our business. So uh, it's a four month long program. Uh, that people, you know, con we, we do uh, an open invite to people who want to join. And really what's, you know, I hesitate to call it micro-influencer program because when you start using the word influencer, you get into talking about like follower accounts. And, you know, what's, what is most important to us in any partnership in our business, whether it's an employee, a retail partner, or something in the bottle unit is shared values. And so, you know, we get to know these people uh, very, very closely. And uh, so we run a four-month program that consists, you know, of weekly meetings. We 
talk not just about shoes, but issues that are important in healthcare so that we have our finger on the pulse of what's happening. And then once they complete that program, a new group comes in and they become leaders, you know, in the space. And what's really interesting is when you stop looking at people from a sense of, you know, how many shoes can they sell for us now? Um, how many followers do they have? You start finding all of these unique and interesting stories that become the foundation of our brand. So when we look at, uh, like the blog on our website is full of stories about ways that we've showed up in the healthcare, you know, community, ways we've showed up in their hospitals. For example, uh, we got turned on um, by the Bala unit to uh, a group at North Shore Hospital on Long Island that was running a program during Nurses Week in which, uh, this is actually quite wonderful, they ran a program called um, Walk a Day in Your Shoes, where uh, these nurses had organized a program where they uh, nurses would um, shadow some hospital executives to learn what their day was like, and then hospital executives would shadow nurses to find out what their day was like. And then afterwards, uh, they all just talked about what they learned about each other. And it was this really interesting uh, thing to develop empathy between these two groups that have totally different jobs. And so we had the opportunity to sponsor that program. Bala got to show up, you know, in the space. And, you know, maybe, um, you know, it's a little bit more of an organic approach. Uh, maybe it grows a little more slowly than if you partner with a huge influencer with millions of followers. But it makes our brand authentic and enables us to show up, you know, in a very real way in the healthcare community. And you mentioned that you did do some influencer marketing. What what are the types of influencers that you work with. Are there are there superstars in the medical field who are great brand ambassadors? Uh, you know, the, the, we're learning that space. And, you know, we, we've had some success in the past working with, you know, really large, you know, communities. And that, that can be a really interesting, you know, way to show up. And, you know, what we have found is that, you know, you can experience a lot of success very quickly working with large communities and, you know, have, you know, and being somewhat transactional. Uh, you can show up in a more meaningful and consistent way uh, by showing up uh, with people who have authentic values connected to your brand. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So let's talk about sales channels. You're predominantly DTC, is that correct? Uh, correct. What was the reason for why you, d- you did only DTC at launch? Um, well, a couple of reasons. You remember the timing around when we started. Uh, we yeah, launched uh, in the the height of the pandemic. I don't know when the height of the pandemic actually is, but we launched in September of 20 <laughs> via presale and then for continuous commerce in January 21. And so this is when, you know, people in most areas of the country really weren't going uh, into retail stores. And so our only real option uh, was uh, online D2C. And that's a great channel because, it, you know, you can, you can have a national audience. We sold at least one pair in every state within our first few months, both in big cities and rural areas. We got national reach very quickly. Uh, we got to prove the concept. Um, and we got to truly own the relationship with our consumer. Uh, one of the issues uh, in our category is that, uh, according to our surveys, only 13% of purchases in healthcare footwear happen uh, directly on a brand's website. And so as we look to grow, uh, we're looking for retail partners uh, with whom we share values. Uh, we launched uh, two small uh, wholesale partnerships last spring to learn the channel, you know, find out what we would need to do to merchandise the product well in store, what type of assortment work really well, what, you know, in-store marketing would work. And, uh, you know, we're in the process of launching uh, some new partnerships that will significantly expand our reach. 
in the long run, we're going to seek to show up uh, wherever our consumer chooses to shop. And, and the beauty of moving into wholesale is that it gives us the opportunity to get in front of some of those other professionals that are standing all day, not necessarily in a healthcare space, but just need shoes you know, for all day use. What were those two smaller wholesale um, partnerships you did? Yeah, so uh, we launched uh, at Shoe Mill uh, here in Portland, with, which is a third-generation family-owned footwear retailer that has 10 locations in the Portland uh, in the greater Portland area. Um, I have been there. Oh, you've been to Shoe Mill. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the, and, yeah. Again, and, and then we launched at uh, Jenkintown Running Company uh, in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Uh, they are a, a running specialty store that is close to, for Philadelphia-based listeners, they're close to um, uh, Jefferson Abington Hospital and Arcadia Universities. So they're already serving a lot of healthcare professionals. And so these retailers gave us the opportunity uh, to learn how we would resonate in stores. What did you learn? I, I guess my first question is, what are the stores that, sh- that healthcare professionals shop at? Is it running stores? Is it just normal shoe stores? And how do you merchandise that such that it is targeting them as, as well as you possibly can? Yeah, and so uh, people who are going into stores, remember, I'll go back to my friend Amy, uh, you know, my first interview and looking at the company. She said, I've been a nurse for 10 years and I go through two different brands or models every single year. And so they're struggling. So they're going to, and they're looking to footwear experts um, to help guide them into what could be a good product. And so many are going to these comfort stores like shoe, like the shoe mills of the, of the country that have, you know, products, you know, for shoe, for people that stand all day, you know, wear their shoes really hard, and they're going in there for um, for recommendations. Um, the other place that a lot are shopping are running specialty because people are because running shoes tend to be very popular, so they'll go to running stores. Um, to look for those. So there's actually a number, one of the reasons why um, Jenkintown Running Company was interested was because they had a lot of healthcare professionals coming in, buying running shoes that weren't necessarily going to be good for them. And then they lack a supply, you know, for the runners. So there really was a miss uh, between what the consumer was looking for and what they had on hand. In terms of what works, um, you know, for marketing, it's telling the story of how the product is designed specifically for them and how for the first time they'll be able to, you know, get through a shift, you know, without any foot pain. And that takes time. That takes social validation. You know, people who work in healthcare tend to be naturally skeptical. And so, you know, it takes, you know, time, you know, for, you know, people uh, to, to get validation, you know, from their community. But uh, as we continue to have people happy in our shoes, we continue to sell through better. But how do you do that specifically on a store floor? Like, you know, doing doing marketing campaigns, I get where you're going to do brand storytelling. But you have like if you're how are you merchandising this such that you're telling a healthcare professional who doesn't know about Bala? Like, how do you let them know this is for you? Oh, uh, I mean, it all comes down to education, of the salesperson. And so it means being there. So for example, when we launched at Jenkintown Running Company, I actually grew up like 15 minutes from the store and I used to buy shoes there when I was little, but I spent half a day, you know, with the staff, you know, giving them the background, you know, on the company, why we care about the consumer, answering all those questions. So it sounds very old school, but you know, those things are really meaningful because when a salesperson sits with a prospective customer and they're looking at, uh, you know, a new brand they don't know anything about versus, you know, running shoe 
X who they do know something about. They need a human story, you know, to tell. And, um, you know, at Jenkintown Running Company, you know, we've heard, you know, people saying, hey, actually, we met one of the owners of the company. Turns out he grew up like 15 minutes ago, bought us all lunch. And here's what he told me about why they're in business and how they want to serve you. And, you know, those meaningful human stories, you know, go a long way. And so we seek, you know, to work really closely, you know, with our partners um, because we're a personal, you know, company. It's kind of interesting. You know, things are so digital these days that we're often, you know, connected to more people than ever before, but we actually aren't connected to anybody. And so we work with our partners, you know, we seek to be, you know, really close with them so that they can tell human stories about our brand that the consumer, you know, can tell are real. So let's say, uh, hypothetically, you, you ink a wholesale partnership and it's a place that has hundred locations would how would you go about trying to foster that type of connection you have at Jenkintown? Would it be that you would hire some sales representatives to go there and like help them educate the product? Would you go to each location? How how would you go about that? I can't wait to have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh it, it all comes down to the values of the people that we work with. And so, you know, we're, we're going to seek to grow at the right pace because anybody who works with us, you know, one of the biggest issues with being a founder is you start off and you've got your hands in everything. So you don't have to think about the hard work of bringing in people that share your values and care about the consumer. And, you know, we, we've seen, you know, we, we've, uh, you know, had a number of different employees and the ones that work really, really well are the ones who have that, you know, the same core values that we work towards. And I can, you know, anybody in our leadership can trust to be out there. And so, you know, as we will seek to, uh, I think one of the worst things that can happen is getting a hundred, you know, new retail locations overnight, because then you're hiring really quickly. You're not sure if people are showing up in the right way. So it's, it's measured growth. Um, that enables you to onboard people who can bring that same personal approach um, without growing too quickly. And that's what we've heard. You know, at, I was at uh, the Footwise on Broadway here in Portland, which is owned by uh, Shoe Mill. Um, and I, you know, when I went in there and I spoke with the store manager, I said, hey, like, how can I help you? And he says, honestly, it's been a long time since uh, a shoe rep has actually been in here. Um, to the store because, you know, people don't prioritize that anymore. I think it's really cool, you know, that you're here. And so, you know, we'll, we'll continue to seek to do that because one, it's the right thing. And two, it's the actual differentiator. Has Amazon ever been in, in your thought process at all? Like, I, I, that, that seems to take away some of that, that connection. But also, I imagine there are probably a lot of healthcare professionals who, when they wear through a pair of shoes, are going to Amazon instantly and saying, new durable shoes or shoes for nurses or something like that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to be a modern retailer that is successful, you need to be showing up in meaningful ways wherever your consumer chooses to shop. And so uh, our consumers, uh, some of them do shop on Amazon, which means that at some point we will, we will be there. We'll be there when we're ready. We'll be there when we're ready to grow and we can do that um, exceptionally well. But in the long run, you know, I, I think there's been this perspective over the last 10 years since D2C became pretty big that uh, we can create better experience in D2C and um, we should uh, for, you know, kind of really drive our consumers to be in the D2C space. And what we're seeing now is the consumer wants to shop where they want to shop and the best companies are going to find ways to create meaningful experiences. And so at Amazon, that means finding a really great partner that knows and loves our brand. It means getting a great partner who is able to represent the brand really well on Amazon and it's having the right assortment for that consumer. 
So let's talk a little bit about product expansion. How is that, you know, how are you thinking about that? What would that look like? Would it be still focused on healthcare or would it be, you know, doing a pair of shoes for, for another, for another type of occupation? Yeah. Um, you know, the language that we have been using around that is that our product should be designed specifically for the healthcare professional and inviting to anybody who stands all day. Remembering that the healthcare professional is the elite ultra athlete of people who stand on their feet all day. And so, you know, right now we're an incredibly simple business. We have, you know, one model with, you know, five different colorways and uh, we've gotten some really exceptional feedback, you know, from our consumers. I like to tell people that the good feedback is great to hear, but what we really like is the constructive feedback. And so, you know, our shoe is a high performance shoe that you can stand all day in. Uh, but there's some things that uh, the consumer is looking for from us. Like the product takes a second, you know, to put on because it laces snugly, it's designed to fit, which means that if you just want to run into your shoes like a, a pair of clogs and kick them off and you sit down, it might not be the right shoe for you right now. So we're working on a, a model that uh, is easier to put on and easier to take off. Um, you know, we're, I think a space that's really interesting is the professional um, space. Uh, right now, our, our product looks like a running type silhouette. Um, there are a number of healthcare professionals that, you know, that will wear, you know, slacks for the day and having something that looks more like a professional shoe is really interesting. But we really sought to authenticate ourselves. And I, I think this is what we've done as the most healthcare specific, most high performance product in the market. And, you know, what we've heard from our consumers is this is the best damn shoe, you know, out there for healthcare. And that gives us the opportunity to expand um, in very unique and interesting ways that, you know, other brands that have brought um, maybe, you know, lower quality products to market would have more trouble doing. Sounds like you're focused squarely on shoes and shoes alone. You're not going to expand beyond shoes, you don't think? There's so much opportunity in footwear. I mean, I'm not going to put a limit on what this company might do in the long run, um, but you know, there, there's so much opportunity in footwear, and it is where we excel. And so, for the foreseeable future, uh, you know, we are going to be known as the brand that creates the best, you know, uh, footwear in healthcare. And then, you know, in the long run, who knows where we'll go? But we've got a lot of work ahead of us. <laughs> got it. And so, what are your what are your major focuses? Uh, for the next six months to a year, is it on growing the the wholesale business? You know, coming out with a new a new type of shoe. What are you thinking about? Uh, first is con to continue to nurture um, the early adopters that have been there with our business. Um, you know, we're just eighteen months into business. We have really strong you know early repeat purchase you know data. And I think a lot of people get ahead of, a lot of companies get ahead of themselves and try to grow very, very quickly. And really that repeat purchase with your early consumer is the priority. So priority number one is to treat them really, really well, listen to them because they're the ones who got us off the ground and um, innovate in their service. Number two is to expand, you know, our distribution footprint so that we are continuing to reach new consumers wherever they choose to shop. And then pride number three is internal. Uh, we have a really wonderful, you know, group that is functioning incredibly well. And so we're looking for, you know, partners that complement, you know, the skill sets that we have and add to, you know, the values that have enabled us to navigate what's a really messy economy out there. Yeah, I mean, do you foresee, I, I feel a lot of apparel companies are, are worried about the economy right now. You're in an interesting space because 
there probably aren't going to be layoffs for for healthcare workers. I hope not. Knock on wood. So, like, do you do like do you think that an upcoming recession could impact your sales, or do you not see that happening? Um, well, what we're seeing right now is that you know due to inflation, everybody's food and gas bills are twenty or twenty five percent higher than they were a year ago. Uh, last week, Nike reported that their inventory is up 44% year over year, and that's in line with what we're seeing at Target and Walmart. And so, um, one, I mean, as a, as a human being, I'm grateful that we don't foresee, you know, layoffs in the healthcare profession because they're absolutely, uh, they're absolutely necessary. And our product is one that isn't a luxury. It's something that is needed for their work. Um, but it is a challenging economy out there when you have, you know, everybody's, you know, basic necessities are a lot more expensive and the market is, uh, increasingly promotional. I got an email for Black Friday ad already. And so, uh, it, it's, it's going to be difficult out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not an economist, so I can't predict recession, but I do see a highly promotional, um, atmosphere and, uh, consumers who are feeling the pain of inflation. How promotional are you going to be? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we seek to show up with offers, you know, at the right, you know, moments. Um, you know, what I think is good about the category is that we don't have seasonal uh, demand. Our consumer needs the product all year. Uh, weather doesn't affect it. And so, you know, we'll, we'll show up promotionally at times when, you know, that's what you have to do when you're in market. Uh, but I think we don't have the added strain that more seasonal businesses do that, you know, right now have, you know, tank tops and flip flops to sell from summer. Makes sense. All right. Well, Brian, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks so much. Kale. It was a blast. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and send this podcast over to a friend who you know would enjoy it. See you next week.